the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. The elders of the people, chief priests and scribe, arose and brought Jesus before Pilate. They brought charges against him, saying, Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, You say so. Pilate then addressed the chief priests and the crowds. I find this man guilty. But they were adamant and said, On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean, and upon hearing that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at the time. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. He had been wanting to see him for a long time, for he had heard about him and had been hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at length, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes, meanwhile, stood by accusing him harshly. Herod and his soldiers treated him contemptuously and mocked him, and after clothing him in repentant garb, he sent him back to Pilate. Herod said to, and Pilate became friends that very day, even though they were enemies formerly. Pilate then summoned the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, you brought this man to me and accused him of inciting the people to revolt. I've conducted my investigation in your presence and have not found this man guilty of the charges you have brought against him, nor did Herod, for he sent him back to us. So no capital crime has been committed by him. Therefore, I shall have him flogged and release him. But altogether they shouted louder, Now, Barabbas had been imprisoned for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Again, Pilate addressed them, still wishing to release Jesus, but they continued their shouting. Pilate addressed them a third time. What evil has this man done? I found him guilty of no capital crime, therefore I shall have him flogged and then release him. With loud shouts, however, they persisted in calling for his crucifixion, and their voices prevailed. The verdict of Pilate was that their, their demand should be granted. So he released the man who had been imprisoned for rebellion and murder, for whom they asked, and he handed Jesus over to them to deal with as they wished. As they led him away, they took hold of a certain Cyrenian named Simon, who was coming in from the country. And after laying the cross on him, they made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, 
the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At that time, people will say to the mountains, fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Now to others, both criminals were led away with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They divided his garments by casting lots. The people stood by and watched. The rulers, meanwhile, sneered at him and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation, and indeed we have condemned justly for the sentence we have received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion who witnessed what had happened glorified God and said, When all the people who had gathered for this spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances stood at a distance, including the women who had followed him from Galilee and saw these events. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever found yourself in a moment in your life where you have been uncomfortable? You know, one of those moments, a moment that I'm talking about, kind of independent of your age, it could be one of those little ones on the playground where maybe you find yourself uncomfortable or 
maybe you're high school or middle school and you found yourself uncomfortable, college or young adult, or a parent or a grandparent, uncomfortable. And it's that moment where you kind of find yourself in one of those situations where all of a sudden the conversation where you are is starting to go south. And you little ones, what I mean by going south on a playground is when you find yourself on a playground where others for one reason or another to somehow build themselves up are unjustly in a way tearing someone else down. And sometimes those moments can come like a big tsunami. You got it coming and you're, you're caught, literally, the uncomfortable moment on the back of your heels and you want to say something but you don't want to say it. You don't know what to do. But it's uncomfortable. I remember a fellow seminarian of mine telling me about his mom giving him some good advice on that and said, son, you ever find yourself in one of those moments where you're uncomfortable, when you're in that group dynamic setting that you may experience at the office or somewhere or in the community where someone's getting thrown under the bus? said the quickest way to turn that one off is look at the person who's leading that conversation and say to them, wow, that's amazing that you would say that about him or her. Because I've never heard him or her say that about you. That'll close that down real quick. But what we're, what we're seeing here in the gospel, we're seeing it, and it's going beyond maybe it's just a little uncomfortable because we're standing a little longer on Sunday, right? We're here, oh, it's Passion Sunday. I've got to stand for this long gospel, Right? Right? But we're trying to, with the screens and everything, and y'all did awesome. You brought your voices. You participated in that. But if we really go back over the living word of God, Jesus, who is that word, the voice may change. It was your voice today. It's a voice of people of all times. And if we're honest, we're those ones in those moments of uncomfort where we have, all of us, myself included, fled from the cross. We've turned our back on Christ. But when we look at the gospel, it's pretty uncomfortable. Think about Palm Sunday. We came in and we're all here and we're excited and we should be because the King of Kings is coming in. But think about how uncomfortable that was for those who were intimately close with Jesus. I'm not talking about the peanut gallery and you little ones when I say the peanut gallery, the people on the periphery who really don't know him. But his intimate disciples who knew him and they heard the rumblings of the crowd. His own mother Mary who knew what people were saying brought back flashbacks to Nazareth when she was with child and what they were saying about her. But now it was about her son. And those apostles and those disciples, those close friends of Jesus, while everybody else was singing Hosanna and all this, They were extremely uncomfortable because they knew the leaders of the time, the leaders who thought they were leaders, were those blind guides. And they wanted to kill him. Uncomfortable. Like in the gospel today, the uncomfort of Simon of Serene, who we know the other side of the story, we can say he was in the right place at the right time. But when he got pulled out of the crowd and forced and they made him carry that cross, I'm sure in his heart he was like, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I got children. 
and you don't convict me. He's the one you're taking to the cross. Don't convict me. I'll carry the cross, but I'm not going to. You better not mistake me for him because I'm innocent. But he took the cross. And he got close to the beating heart of Jesus. And he walked that walk. And it's only a mile, the walk that Jesus walked. It's only a mile. But it was a long, bloody footstep mile for you and me. It was uncomfortable for Jesus. And Simon of Serene got uncomfortable because he was forced to get uncomfortable. And yet in that uncomfort, he experienced divine love. We know Simon Serene experienced that because when you read another gospel account, it says Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Why would they mention that he was a father of Alexander and Rufus unless he was an awesome dad? Unless he was a believer in the gospel. Unless he was in that moment of being uncomfortable and seeing Jesus uncomfortable for him and learning all about this Jesus and the honor that he had to help Jesus carry that cross. And they mention his children because most likely he remained a faithful disciple and his, and his children followed in suit. He passed it on to his example of being an uncomfortable follower of the way. You know, it's pretty comfortable for those in the gospel to just said they, crowds, they just stood by and watched. Stood by and watched. Yeah, it's just not happening to me. Let's see if we can see this miracle work. We can do something. That, that's why we were saying, Hosanna in the highest. God, for me, fits in my box. He's my Coke machine. I put in one on one, I get one out of him. So I'm sitting here checking. They're just standing by and watching. I want to see a miracle. And some even cried that out. Said the soldiers jeered at him. And the religious leaders sneered at him. And if we're all honest, we know in some way, shape, or form, when we do not want to be those uncomfortable followers of Jesus Christ, and we sin, we do the same. Uncomfort, the uncomfort of the good thief on the cross, in the midst of his cross and suffering, nailed next to Jesus, heard those words that were spoken today. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Imagine that good thief's heart. He's like, He's praying for you, and he's, he's praying for me. So he turns to Jesus and says, just remember me. Take a selfie of me. Take a picture of me into your next life, in your kingdom. I'm not asking you to take me there, but I deserve it. I deserve to be on this cross, and you don't. Remember the Beatitudes? On that beautiful mount overlooking Galilee? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Jesus preached that, and he practiced what he preached when he hung on that cross, where he said to that good thief, today you will be with me in paradise. Blessed are the merciful, 
good thief was merciful to Jesus in his moment of uncomfort, not blaming God for his cross, but thinking of somebody else in that moment of uncomfort. I think that's the hinge, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, I'm not saying I do it right. I don't do it right all the time. I'm, I'm journeying with you. I'm not talking at you. I am walking this walk to the next life with you. But the people that I've witnessed in my own life, and I'm sure you can school me on your own life, those who have been able to come out of uncomfort and to do heroic things of love have been people who've been able to get out of their closed up, it's all about me and myself kind of life and think about someone else. You parents and grandparents, you're an example. It's not easy parenting in today's world. And you're here. And not only are you here, you're responding. Thank you for reading up there and going beyond that and responding because Jesus hears your voice and my voice this week. We are entering into the living mystery of our faith. In Hebrew, the word is zikaron. Zikaron means memory. I'll say it in a moment when I, I'm consecrating the, the bread and the wine and I'll say, Jesus commands his priest to say this, do this in memory of me. Not a picture, not an image, not a thought, but an active participation. We're with him on this Palm Sunday when he entered Jerusalem. We are in his sacred heart. His disciples are uncomfortable. His apostles are uncomfortable. It, I, it is not going to be a comfortable week if we want to walk with Jesus. We know the end of the story. We know the resurrection. We know that. But things are covered up and we're covering things up and we're doing different things so that we can enter into that mystery and truly in that living memory walk with Jesus. And through our actions and our prayers and carrying him in his, our hearts as we carry as he carries us in his, we are saying to him by our actions, by our prayers, by our presence, Jesus, it was worth it. Your gift was worth it. Here's the invitation. Bottom line is, get uncomfortable. What do I need to do this week to get uncomfortable to bring in just a little bit of uncomfort but I'm not talking about uncomfort in the sense of just let me guilt myself or do something or go run 50 miles or whatever that I'm not talking about that can I shift my schedule around a little if you're going away on spring break or vacation that's okay but can we pause on Holy Thursday and not already be in Easter Sunday but stay in Holy Thursday. Jesus wants us in Holy Thursday, not in Easter Sunday. And to think about when he instituted the Eucharist for you and me. With a heart full of love, this is why I came. 
Can I stay with Jesus Holy Thursday? If you're here in Charlotte, please come. Just for a few minutes. Bring your children. Just for a few minutes. We're going to build an altar of pose down in the ministry building. It's going to be a garden. But we're truly there with Jesus. A few minutes. Good Friday. Can I not race into Easter Sunday? Can I be with Jesus on Good Friday? Even if I'm away and maybe I can't get to a church, but can I open up one of the gospel accounts? that Reread this one. talks about Jesus' gift. And look at a mountain or look at an ocean and think of the God's ocean of mercy for me. And if you find yourself on a beach and you don't think God can forgive you, grab a handful of sand as you walk that beach on Good Friday. Throw it into the ocean. Then count to ten. And I want you to dive in and pick up every grain. Good luck. Good luck. But to know that God's mercy is more vast than that. But will we be at the foot of the cross alongside Mary on Good Friday? With our mother Mary. Because we'll be in the heart of Jesus as he hangs on the cross for you and me. Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday, instead of rest, racing into Easter, Easter Sunday, can we take a moment with our mother Mary? Can we talk to her? Can we walk with her? Can we think about her? Can we accompany her? Can we speak to Jesus who went to the tomb for you and me and to tell Mary that day that Mary was worth it? My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we step into a little uncomfort these days, Thursday, Friday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, the resurrection and Easter will be so, mean so much more. Jesus said to you and me, take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus invites us to be those uncomfortable Christians of our time. Jesus doesn't promise the glory and all the honors of the next life and this life. But Jesus promises us that if we follow him, if we truly follow him, that uncomfort will truly become glory in the next. My brothers and sisters in Christ, let's not be afraid this Holy Week to make it different than any other Holy Week. And with Jesus who gets uncomfortable for us, let's get uncomfortable for him. Amen.